I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu, and this is our latest review, The Exorcist Believer. Directed by David Gordon Green, The Exorcist Believer is the supernatural horror film which serves as a sequel to The Exorcist from 1973. It is the sixth installment in the Exorcist franchise, but disregards any events featured in any previous installment or television show, except for the original film. The movie is in cinemas now, but if you haven't watched The Exorcist Believer yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. So, Luke, what is The Exorcist Believer about? Since the death of his pregnant wife in a Haitian earthquake 12 years ago, Victor Fielding has raised their daughter, Angela, all on his own. But when Angela and her friend Catherine disappear in the woods, only to return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, it unleashes a chain of events that will force Victor, in his terror and desperation, to seek out the only person alive who has witnessed anything like it before, Chris McNeil. So The Exorcist, as a franchise, as, as that film, I can't believe it's, it's what, 50 years since that original movie came out, shocked the world, people throwing up in the aisles and walking out being like, nah, 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 uh, upsetting the Catholic Church, a whole a whole bunch of uh, great stuff. Um, you know, decent movie, pretty decent movie. Um, I don't think it works as well, that original movie these days, but still a fairly decent movie, some in, freaky shit. In hang it. on. In what way? What do you mean it doesn't work, doesn't work as well? Oh, it, let's be honest, it's, it's, it's quite dated. Um, I think we've also seen a lot of possession films, possession stuff, similar things, tropes, even visuals seen again and again and again, which unfairly, I would say, unfairly does take away a little bit from watching yeah, The but Exorcist. It's, like, never, no, it's never been improved upon. Like, it's a classic for a reason. No, and that true. just blows my mind. 50th anniversary. I watched it again a couple of weeks ago. I've seen it so many times. And it just, it still holds up. It's not in a hurry to get to the scares. Character development. Lots of times. And that's the thing. Lots of time with just characters having conversations, yeah. being real people. And it gradually creeps in. Honestly, The Exorcist, that first movie, I love it. As a franchise... I mean, it really goes off the rails. I mean, saying this is the sixth installment. We've got Exorcist the Heretic in 1977. Linda Blair came back for that one. It's been a while since I'd seen it. In 1990, we've got The Exorcist 3. But this is where it gets odd. In 2004, we've got Exorcist The Beginning, which was the first official prequel to The Exorcist. A year later, we got Dominion, which was a alternate take on the beginning but both films star Skellen Skarsgård but the rest of the cast changes very very confusing and then this movie outside of the two seasons of the TV show yeah well you know what I mean to make it easy for everyone much like the Halloween franchise forget it all you've got that original movie now this is the sequel I mean 
it helps. <laughs> like it you does. don't have to do any homework except for maybe watch that original film. So nice and easy. Um, but it is crazy that I guess like the similarities in I guess the approach where it's like, hey, we're just gonna take that first movie, forget everything else. Here's the sequel. Um, and I guess we will talk about you know maybe Halloween a bit and the director and all that kind of jazz in, in just a second. But but sticking with the with the franchise, like it's funny, like it's yeah, there's so many. I, I'll, I'll admit, I haven't seen, I can't even, I wouldn't even say I've seen two of the sequels. Like, I think that's that's probably about it. The the TV show, not bad, not a bad little thing. That first season was was pretty decent. Nice little twist, won't say too much if you haven't seen it. And then the second season, not so much. But I was curious, I was like, where does this movie fit in with everything? And then obviously watching it, I was like, legit, oh, okay, absolutely nothing like this is its own thing it is just this a second film 50 years later forget everything else yeah if you remember that first season of the tv show chris mcneil is dead so straight away it can't be connected because all of a sudden in this movie she's walking around she's fine so you're right that's that's true and she dies in that first season doesn't she yeah because she is in the she she does appear in the show oh that's right and then and then yeah, she dies. Um, it's I been mean, a while. I wasn't going to go into it, but there is a, yeah. Okay. Minor <laughs> spoiler there for a cancelled <laughs> TV show. But you mentioned, mentioned Halloween. I've got to be honest. I mean, we both really liked the first David Gordon Green Halloween movie. Halloween Kills, it started to wobble a little bit. <laughs> Got a bit silly, didn't it? <laughs> and then Halloween ends. I'm seeing some people online now. That seemed to be liking it. They're looking back on it, and I—I I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to see it again. People are wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, look, art subjective. You know, we've we've gone down that avenue before, but uh, I think we both really did not like what they no. what they did with that third film. So this this Halloween, like the holiday, this Halloween, I've gone back to the John Carpenter original in the original Halloween two, and I'm stopping there. I'm not touching the David Gordon Green movies this year. That's my Halloween for this Halloween. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm more than happy to revisit that first that first um, David Gordon Green Halloween film. It's decent. It's decent. And hey, I mean, look, same director as this. So look, he's done he's done an assortment of films. Like he's people are, are probably going to start thinking, you know, he's the he's the new you know the horror reboot guy, but. And I guess maybe there's warrant there's warrant to that, but he's he's had a handful of different genres and and films under his belt. But I mean, the connection here is that Halloween franchise. He took an IP, a property, and he sort of rejuvenated it, gave it you know that fresh take. You know, you've already touched on the other sequels that followed, but he's kind of doing that here again. Like we've got this IP, jump forward a few years, quite a few, couple decades, five decades. Um, and it's like here's a sequel. It's it's a very unique way approach of jumping into something. Well, you said it's unique. Like, it's exactly what he did with Halloween. I do have concerns, and I had concerns before I even watched The Exorcist Believer, because it is the same approach as Halloween. It's Blumhouse. It's David Gordon Green behind the camera. He's collaborating once again with Danny McBride. 
And again, I enjoyed that first Halloween film. So I'm thinking, even if I really like The Exorcist Believer, we're going to get in two years' time The Exorcist Deceiver and then the untitled third movie. Because what's happening here? And, man, they spent a lot of money on The Exorcist. Blumhouse, right, they paid $400 million to secure the filming rights. And on top of that, they had to guarantee a trilogy. Even if Believer bombs at the box office, the next two films still have to be made. That's a big commitment. That is pretty wild. That is pretty wild. And look, Blumhouse is known for being pretty savvy with their with their cash. You know, like let's spend as little as possible, really, to still give a good product. And then, even if they get pretty low returns, they're actually making pretty good bank. Like they're pretty savvy with that, but. To fork out for this for the for this IP, pretty much. It's uh that's yeah, it's ballsy. So but if you're following if you're following box office, you'll think, oh, okay, so this is how much the movie costs to make. This is where it's currently tracking and how much it's made so far at the box office. But you've also got to calculate, you've got to figure in this four hundred million. <laughs> like because But I guess I guess you that. can't really see if they've if they met until they do their three films and but yeah, it's crazy. Like they must already have set. Like. They must have done well with Halloween. You know, whatever people's issues may be with the second and third movie, it must have done well for them because they've they've done it for Halloween and they're doing the same thing for The Exorcist. Also, part of this deal, it's Universal. They've got their own streaming service in the US, Peacock. So for them, it's going to be an exclusive streaming like movie for peacock so you're not going to get it on netflix or any other streaming service in the us outside of peacock so that's part of it as well that part of the investment hmm. we should probably Sounds talk good. about the film <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're just talking about yeah, everything well, else you know, you know i kind of went into this and like i remember bits of the trailer and it had caught me right like the, the two girls, like, oh, there's two girls this time, look pretty freaky. The trailer was cut quite uh, quite well to, you know, just give sort of like a very artsy kind of like, oh, this looks pretty creepy. I'm in, you know, like it's a Nexus film, David Gordon Green, like I'm there, like give me, give me my ticket. But I tried to sort of detach from the trailers to the point where I kind of forgot the actual premise of the movie. So look, I, I'm sitting there watching this movie and I think other people would be forgiven too if they were thinking this. You're probably getting about 40 minutes into the film and you, you're looking around being like, this is at least what I was thinking. Are we in the wrong movie? This movie, like half of it pretty much is, it's a missing persons movie. It's, um, you know, it does take a while until we get to the, you know, the possession stuff. There is stuff in the like in it that does hint that it's like okay, you are watching an Exorcist film, but it very much is something different. Not that that's a bad thing. I was pretty engaged and gripped with this with this whole setup that they have leading up to the possessions. Yeah, me too. And again, that's what worked about the first Exorcist movie. It wasn't just about a possessed girl and an exorcism. Like everything led up to that point. So we're getting to spend time in the opening of the movie soon-to-be parents, disaster, and then so many years later, she's now a teenager, 
and we're getting to just spend time with them as a family. And I liked all of that, but you're right. And then it's missing persons. I'm the same as you. I had seen that trailer, and I've got to be honest, when I'd see a TV spot come on, I was starting to think, I don't even know if I want to watch this. That's what I was starting to associate <laughs> with with this movie. And here in Australia, this movie opened on the same day as Expendables 4. Guess which one I watched? <laughs> I went to watch The Expendables. And then Expendables. I realized, oh, I really do need to see Exorcist because we need to review it. So I finally went to see it. I'd been putting it off. Uh, not many people in my screening. I know you went to a special um, early screening, so I guess you must have had a packed cinema. Oh, it was pretty, pretty decent, yeah. It's all right. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was putting it off, and I'm just going to say this now, right, because this movie, oh, man, people are talking so negatively about this movie. And this is not my rating, but as I was watching it, you know, I wasn't distracted. I was watching it and I was like engaged and it's got everything you would expect from an exorcist movie. There's priests, there's an exorcism, <laughs> there's possession. And uh, yeah. You've got the music, the tubular bells. And instead of it being one girl, there's two girls possessed. And looking on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's sitting at around 24%. And I've not come across one person that has anything nice to say about it. Well, do you know what? Me. Hello. Um, yeah, man. Like, I, I don't get it either. I liked this movie. Walked out of it. And again, I, I suppose we're kind of doing what we try to avoid doing until the end. But, like, walked out being like, look, I enjoyed this movie. It was, like, like you... It's engaging, you know, like it gives time to, to the characters to be fleshed out. Um, you know, the the father-daughter relationship, even the other family, like with the with the two parents and their kids, and you know, like how they're dealing with 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 their daughter, like going through this, and you know, like the scares are the scares are pretty decent as well. Like there's there's a lot more creepiness to this than you would in your in your typical sort of horror, you know outing um i found a lot more of the the moments leading up to the the full-on like hey we're possessed and talking in crazy demon voices and stuff i found like those earlier moments a lot more creepy you know the scene in the bathroom yeah um but also like there's some comedic stuff as well not silly but just like just circumstantial just like i found myself sort of chuckling like oh this is yeah, just like just into it, like just really right. Okay, that's 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 good to hear. I, I can't help but think. I mean, again, like that first movie, and rightly so, people put it on a pedestal. Like it is up there. Like it oh, is what, a yeah. no, no, horror no. masterpiece. Yeah. So I think you know to do a sequel to that movie. I mean, you know, the original director William Friedkin. I mean, he didn't want to touch it. He didn't want to do another sequel he it was just one and done for him and he just got on directing other movies but people they're just so so precious about it and that's okay but at the same time it's like they're not really giving this movie a chance i feel like if it was an original movie nothing to do with the exorcist there would have been some opinions of oh that's just ripped off from the exorcist or whatever but maybe <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah like 
maybe it would have tracked a little bit better. I mean, not financially, we don't know what's going on there, but just, you know, audiences, critics, but just being compared to that first movie. But it worked for me having two girls with two different home lives. You know, you've got a mum and a dad and a single parent and then two very different girls and their experiences are different. So one's at home and then then in hospital. And I found it interesting when other people were witnessing it. Normally, it's just the family at home that get to notice the strange things that are happening. So there's things in this movie I thought, oh, maybe I've not seen that particular thing. I mean, for the most part, we have seen it before. I mean, the first movie was 50 years ago. There's been sequels. There's been other movies very similar. There was different elements in this. Yeah, like if you compare this to that original, that iconic film. And like I said, look, it's it's a fantastic movie. It it is a 50-year-old movie that like you know, take what it is. But still, like to top that is is insane to even try. But look, we've seen many, many possession movies to the point where, you know, I've actually said, like, oh my God, I'm so sick of possession movies. They're just one and the same. Like this does stand out compared to those. Like this is one of the better ones. Like this is a good possession movie like it's fun it's freaky there's like i said like interesting stuff with the characters like you said having the two different girls you get to explore the different the different home life but like the different parents their approach to what they're seeing like even like with the characters their faith and stuff like that you know different points of views and different avenues of how do we address this and how do we tackle it that you kind of yeah you you get a mixed bag of like goodness. Like it's pretty, pretty exciting. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting stuff here that we haven't seen elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, when you got to the, the exorcism and the priest doesn't come in and, you know, the nurse is there. And I thought, oh, okay. We've, you know, we've, we've seen this. And this is the part of the movie where we're up to. So I feel like it's starting to wind down now. We're going to get the end credits. But no, the priest enters the room. He starts reading from the book. Generally shocked me. I didn't see it coming at all when he got his neck. <laughs> he's not a main his head <laughs> twisted around. I'm like, oh, wow. Legit did not expect that to happen at all. So that was, that was interesting. And having Chris... McNeil, be a character in this movie. Ellen Burstyn from that very first movie 50 years ago, coming back, reprising her role. I thought it was great. And she was really, really good in this. And I was shocked to find out that at the time of filming, 90 years old. Oh, wow. She looks good, actually. Like, yeah, no, she does. She does. And right. apparently uh, she got approached a couple of times turned them down um, and then apparently she like said hey i'd do it for this amount of money and they agreed and so oh, okay i'll be in it then and she gave her money to charity oh what a trooper so there you really go it was um like an acting scholarship or something and she donated oh, the money nice. she made from this movie to that and it's like do you know what just like her character very classy classy thing to do <laughs> Now, look, it was, I think it was good having her back. Like, we always talk, you know, like legacy, like leg- legacy characters coming back and 
you know, like sort of giving a bit of legitimacy to, you know, a sequel or, or revamp of a property or something. And, and, and that's what she does here. Um, it does work. There's a logical reason that she's in it. It doesn't feel too shoehorned. Um, so I did enjoy her, you know, her incorporation as well into this film. Um, here's where I talk about a few little negatives, though. There's a bit of monologue that she has. Um, I think it's like she's in hospital and it's either like her doing a voiceover or her talking to, you know, like the dad or whatever, um, of Victor, where it does sound kind of, it doesn't feel like she's saying things like, it doesn't look like she's speaking from the heart. It, it sounded like she was reading words that were written down for her. Right. Okay. Screen. I mean, again, and, and that, <laughs> yeah, that took me out in that moment. Okay. I was just like, yeah. like, oh, I was kind of, hate to use the word, but it was kind of cringy. Felt kind of preachy as well, just because there were a lot of like faith elements to what she was saying. So I was like, mm, this is giving me a bit of a neck jerk. But that aside, I was like, cool, I can move past that. Everything else she's doing yeah. performance wise, spot on fantastic. She's still got it at 90. But... And and that's and that's it. And and she very well could have been reading, to be honest. But it was I mean, just she was. So good. literally what she was doing. <laughs> it was so good <laughs> having her here. Awful seeing her get stabbed in both her eyes. I mean, I didn't see that coming. But when she's in the house, twice. nobody with her, and she goes upstairs. I'm like, no, don't go up there. That's just silly. <laughs> I know. It's like she hasn't done this before. Like, and then you got Victor, who's downstairs. Now I've got to say, Leslie Odom Jr. I'm like, I don't know this guy, but he was really good. You know, sometimes when you know you, you're watching a film and then there's a, there's a performance in there, you're thinking, wow, th- this performance is better than this film really needs. And I thought he really stood out and he was really good. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I've not seen him. Found out he was in Hamilton. Haven't seen it. Oh, I'm still <laughs> not familiar with this guy. But yeah, yeah no, I thought he was really good because, you know, when it's him and his daughter, like it's it's just nah, him. He's, like, and he's having he's, to. He's good. Yeah. He really is. Like, he's often not getting anything back because she's either not speaking to him, obviously she's possessed and all of that. So a lot of his performances, his dialogue and him reacting to what's happening around him. And That's I thought, it. yeah, really good. It's his reactions and his, yeah, like just how he's responding to the events that, that are happening. And I said before, like, you know, there's a, there's a bit of humor and stuff. What he's bringing, like, there's the drama, there's the fear and all of that. And, you know, the emotion as well. Like, you know, it's his daughter and there's there's that whole element to it. But then there's bit where it's, there's bits where just his character gets to, you know, like, there's just these quippy, like, snarky little remarks and stuff. Very, very blunt. Just like, you know, he has this disdain for the world. Like, he's... He's an angry man inside, but still quite a pleasant sort of person, like uh, both. So he's able to sort of express his sort of very negativity, yeah, you know, energy, and then like I don't know, and it just comes off as a very just lots of humorous, just humorous stuff. Like yeah. I said, like that scene in the bathroom. It's like I'm just thinking he's just going, man. I just want to brush my teeth. Like what, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I know the lights for liquor returns and ashes. There, yeah. Everything about him, I think he's absolutely fantastic. But the character, though, and oh, I'm watching this, and then for three days, the two girls are missing. Horrendous. Like you have to go through that, and then you get them back, and then there's possession. Like that was a really 
a really hard yeah. watch. But you get to the point in the movie and it flashes back to being in the hospital after the earthquake and he had to choose his unborn child or his wife, and he chooses his wife. So all of that, like, there's so much drama, you know? And and again, that's what I mean, drama story. There's so much happening in this film, and then people online, rubbish, hate it. You know, I'm like, I don't think you you really went in ready to give the movie a chance. Like, nah, and and again, it's... It's not even all the drama. Like, there's fun to be had in this. Like, this isn't just like a one note, like, hey, we're here to just scare the bejeebas out of you. This is a, like, they're having fun with it. Like, when when Victor tells his mate to basically F off, you know, like when he's getting oh, yeah, yeah. staged and stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, like, funny moment. When when he, Victor's talking to the other parents and they're talking about, like, you know, like, what is this? And the other dads, you know, he's like, maybe it's just hormones and, you know, that blah, blah, blah. And then the mum is just like, you think this is hormones, like, and it's a, it's just yeah, yeah. stuff like that. It's just subtle, like digs. But the other, that was her basically saying to yeah. Victor, like, my husband is an idiot. My apologies. But it was <laughs> like, interesting the other family being religious, and then the, the yeah. mom, like, she's making the comment, like, "Hey, Jesus, he went to hell for three days, and then, and then he came back, and our girls were gone for three days, and then so yeah, bringing, I was like, they're bringing religion into it." And um, and he's like, no, I'm not having any of it. Oh, it's yeah, very very interesting. Yeah. And you get the, the cool scene in the in the church, which most people have probably seen in the um, yeah, in the trailers and stuff. But again, like so effective, you know, the body and blood, the body and blood, body. Yeah, nah, it's just hey, they um, even made a poster out of it. There's a poster, you know, of of the of the girl in. In the church, yeah, very. Yeah, like I said, like it's cool. it's those kind of moments before they turn or like. It's always more of interesting, like like yeah, yeah it's, where it's just it, like, it is because because the characters aren't quite sure what is happening. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all, like, and that and that's the thing, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's always the best bit. So when it got to the point where they were doing the exorcism, I was like, right, okay, the movie's nearly over because this is the part where it all ends and whatever the outcome's going to be, it will be. But then the priest comes in, next snap. Like, oh, didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> it just added oh, a little whole, a little something extra. The whole, like, you need to choose me. And it's like, oh, and that, that whole debacle. The, we the all knew what was going to happen. It was a well, trick. Yeah, bro, That's like, what he it's does. It's too hard. Because yeah. what do you do? As a parent, you're sitting there just like, yeah, yeah well, I'm not going to yeah. sacrifice my kid. Well, Victor <laughs> already, like for him, like he regrets his, well, I don't know if he regrets his choice because obviously he wanted to save his wife at the time, but he just he thought, right, okay, so I've had to live with the choice I made back then. I need to try and make the right choice now. Oh, yeah. very, very. Nah. Very tough, very <laughs> tough. So we all knew that. I lost the name. We all knew that Chris McNeil was coming back. I honestly did not know that we would get to see Linda Blair in this movie. Yeah, happy surprise. Um, I mean, yeah, it could have gone either way, but I mean, they set up a they set up the narrative being like she's sort of she's disappeared or at least hasn't spoken to her mum in years she's unsure where she is so it's sort of like oh where is she what's going on we know nothing um i think to have her appear just one line like mum it's i'm here or, or something like yep. that or it's me whatever she said you see her tick that's definitely her <laughs> like, yeah yeah and you can see and, yeah you can, like you can see that it's still i mean it's her. that it's still her yeah absolutely so i mean my, my wife yeah. like 
after the movie, she was like, "Was that the original rate?" And I was like, "Yeah, no one. I mean, I've seen her in interviews and, and things I'm gonna like say, that. No, no, that, and I'm sure, that's it, that's it. I'm sure your wife watched um, cursed films with you, and they did the episode of The Exorcist, and Linda Blair was that on would that. be, I think, yeah, yeah, that would be where I would have, I would, have and seen that her, wasn't was... too many years ago. But anyway, but she's here reprising her role as Regan McNeil, and it was, oh, I was just, it was the right way to end the movie, like for them to to come back together for it to be the same actors from that first movie 50 years ago. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. So again, I had no idea. As soon as I started doing prep, went online, getting information for this review. And one page I went on top build, it had Linda Blair, Chris McNeil. I'm like, come on, that's not even. Nah. And you, you can't. <laughs> you, yeah, and I'm like, wow. So I'm glad that I didn't look at anything to do with the movie until I watched yeah. it because I was generally surprised and it was a nice surprise at the end. Uh, do you know what gives me confidence in, like, look, she, Linda Blair is obviously going to be back in the second and or third tri- of the trilogy. Surely. I mean, that's. I mean, you'd hope, wouldn't they you? Would just, they wouldn't just have her appear and then we never see her again. They're obviously setting her up for something. I don't know. Maybe she gets possessed again. Who knows? Oh, Who knows? I wouldn't want that. But probably it would be, be rubbish. <laughs> it'd be good if she's back. And of course, we're talking about the Exorcist Deceiver in 2025 yeah. because Blumhouse have made a commitment. <laughs> Blumhouse commits. <laughs> All right, that that'll do it. Um, let's let's rate this movie. If you could give this uh, something out of five. Giving the exorcist. Now, I'm really not going to go crazy here. I don't agree with all the shit that's been put on this movie. I think it is a it's a good movie. It's a it is a good movie. Ideally, it would be an amazing movie. It isn't, but what it's doing, it's doing right. Um oh, when we come to rating this. I'm going to come in at a, do you know what? I was going to come in at a three out of five. I'm not. I'm going to come in at a 3.5 out of five on this one. Yeah. I mean, look, you you said it before, like there's, there's, there's stuff in here that ticks the boxes for an exorcist film, as in the exorcist, not just an exorcism film. Um, there's stuff in this that we've seen before, familiar stuff enough to make it feel like okay look this feels like an exorcist movie at the same time there's a lot of new stuff that keeps this movie seeming quite fresh which i appreciate um yeah look it gives characters time to be important it there's some interesting characters there's some hokey stuff in here you know like and you're gonna get that and then some things that can come across as, as a, a little bit preachy but you know what? i had a good time I walked out of the movie being like, you know what? I like that. There wasn't a moment in here where I was like, like, oh, I'm bored or this is dragging or something. And it was like, I was fully okay. I'm going to, I'm going to happily give this. And it might be a little bit of overkill, but I'll give this a four out of five. Like, this was, this is pretty decent. So I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, both of us have given it good scores then. And yeah, again, like maybe over time, more people might start to have an appreciation. Maybe they make and a might... solid second movie, and people yeah. go back to this first one. 
and they'll be like, oh, we liked it the whole time, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> no, but look, we might we might revisit this and be like, oh, do you know what? It was kind of crummy. <laughs> but I know, but again, I, like, on that... I, I have seen the other movies. I've seen Exorcist, The Beginning, Dominion, you know, the prequel movie, and they're not good. They're just not good movies. <laughs> and they're not like, Yeah, like, and that, they're not good films. That's our review of the Exorcist <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Whereas this is, is a good movie. Good anyway. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, this is a... This is a good, like, exorcism possession movie as well. Like, yeah, not it just, is. I agree. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, but look, that's it for our review of The Exorcist Believer. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. And if you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of No One Will Save You and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Just back-to-back horror movies. All right, you've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. Where are the guys from that film studio? See you soon.